welcome back to I Was Thinking with Nafis and Simone. I'm Nafis. And I'm Simone, and I hate it here, and I keep thinking I'm in a bad place, but there is no Michael around me to, like, fix my memory. So, yeah, I think I'm in the bad place. I'm in the bad place. (laughs) No, because every time I leave my house, I'm like, why do I keep seeing Trump flags everywhere I go? He lost. Ah, the hold of white supremacy. Because it can't be Trump. It can't be Trump himself. I refuse to believe it. I'm sorry. Just after what happened on the 6th this country. But I'm Simone, guys. No, this is is staying in. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I'm over it. Yes, it's fine. I don't care. I'm over it. How's it going, Nafis? Not too bad. It's going. That's good. What about you? I'm a little tired, if you can't tell, from my new job. Mm -hmm. Um, Not that it's going, like, bad. It's just... I'm not used to working or standing on my feet for like a long period of time. But other than that, I surprisingly enjoy it since I said I never wanted to work in hotels. And I ended up working in a hotel. Mm. Oh, yeah. Is it like one of those big hotels or like a mom and pop? No, it's family owned. So it's okay. small and privately owned. Gotcha. Yeah, it's not bad. So see how the universe works. <laughs> but anyway, enough about both of us. What are we talking about, Nafis? Because we have some special guests waiting for us. We do. So we're going to talk about relationships today. Yay, because it's supposed to come out on Valentine's Day. <laughs> Love. Oh, very nice. <laughs> And with us today, if you heard them, and you would also have heard them in a previous episode where we did our little family 20 versus 30 thing, 30 comparison. Mm -hmm. Look at me. I'm already messing up. I'm so frazzled. I'm (laughs) sorry. We have Matt and Rebecca back joining us. So round of applause. Yay. Yay. Hello. Hello. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us back. No problem. It was actually a special request from Nafis because she really liked, especially Rebecca's advice that you gave. Yeah, I did. So she wanted you back. (laughs) Miss with words of wisdom, Rebecca. Oh, thanks. She's an old soul for sure. <laughs> yes, I've yes. just been through a lot. <laughs> Learned the hard way along I mean, my life. <laughs> so, how are you guys doing today? We're good. Doing well. It's a nice Sunday. Trying to clean the house. I feel like it's always a hot mess, but you know, yeah. life with kids mm-hmm. and jobs. Yes, and jobs. Yes, jobs. Never a dull moment. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. But also a lot of dull moments. <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> so it is dull or isn't dull? It's it's both. I mean, you know, life. Like you have you have good moments, but you also have lulls. Like the routine part. Yeah, of it. Yeah. yeah, like the routine. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Getting up every sense. day, going to work, coming home, making dinner, cleaning, mm-hmm. laundry. You know those things. Taking care of the kids. I mean. Playing with them is fun because they always keep it interesting, but it's uh, telling, reminding them to clean up and reminding them to do all the things that they're supposed to do. How old are they? Seven and nine. So Amelia, our daughter is nine. And then we have a son, Milo. He's seven. Wow. So they're, they're a little in that independent phase, which is nice. Like Uh we're not doing diapers and bottles and baby food anymore. (laughs) And they can, they can like do simple like cereal and oatmeal and stuff like that, which helps. And they can clean up after themselves and stuff like that. And then they're in that fun, fun age where they still want to play with us and do fun things. But, you know, they complain about cleaning and 
They're a little sneakier now than they were before. Yeah. <laughs> Catch them around the that. corner. Yeah. <laughs> Big time. Especially with candy. They love candy. <laughs> yeah. Gotta watch them. But it's a it's a fun age. I think this is probably my favorite compared to like when they were babies. I feel like babies are rough. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Babies are very cute um, and cuddly, cute. which is why I think <laughs> grandparents are obsessed with grandbabies because they get to enjoy that part uh-huh. and then give the kid back to the parent. Because um, the night times is probably the, the worst yeah. with the newborn. Oh, it's like torture. It's like every two to three hours they're up. So it's like you never get a full night's sleep. Yeah. For months. For months. Yeah. For and months. so you're just tired all the time. Like, thankfully, Matt and I worked really well as a team. And so, like, we came up with, like, shifts. So when they were really little, it would be, like, every other shift. Every other time they woke up, it would be, like, he would get up, then I would get up the next time. So we at least got, like, four to six hours straight of sleep. And then when they only got up once a night, we would have every other night would be our night. So that was nice. Because there's a lot of like my friends that their husbands don't help at all, and I was like, oh, I would have had to like, yeah, yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> you wouldn't be surviving right now. <laughs> not on the streets, okay, not even like, the <laughs> I that would be so rough for me, but yeah. So thankfully, we were able to do that. That helped a lot when we were like going through that. And it brought us closer together, too, because we really worked as a team instead mm-hmm. of like one feeling like overwhelmed with everything. But no, that's good to that's hear. Awesome. I mean, like you were saying how some of your friends are like their husbands wouldn't help at all. You don't really hear. That, I know. I tell so. my friends now they're, I'm like, oh, this is what we did. What worked for us. They're like, your husband actually got up. I'm like, yeah. Is that I'm like, is that not normal? <laughs> I thought everybody was doing it. Right? <laughs> Matt's like, what do you mean? I could have slept all night. <laughs> it should wow. be normal. That's true. Yeah. It should be. It's both of your babies and you're both ape capable of taking care of them. Mm-hmm. You both had equal parts in making the child. So, <laughs> yeah. and it's good bonding, even though you're exhausted, like, you know, it's still time that you're spending with them, but it's rough being woken up in the middle of the night, like out of like nowhere with the screams. I don't think you ever get used to it. <laughs> yeah. PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> So are you guys prepared for like when they start becoming preteens and teenagers? Oh, I mean, I feel like your kids, honestly, they're really good. So I'd be really surprised if they go through a huge rebellion stage. Everyone has their moments. Right. So obviously it's going to come. But I don't think it's going to be honestly that big. They seem really close to you guys. So I feel like personally knowing you guys, knowing the kids, that shouldn't be something to worry too much about. Thank you. Thank no you. We, we try and like keep an open line of communication. Like our thing is always like, just tell us the truth. Like, I don't care what it is. And we always tell them that, like, we don't care what it is. Like, as long as you tell us the truth or just come talk to us, like, we'll help you figure out whatever you have to figure out. Because we're a huge proponents of like consequences, especially natural consequences. But I'd rather you tell me and I can help you navigate that than you hide it from me because it'll always be like so much worse. Yeah. So I like want to drill that in their head now so that when they do become teenagers and start doing even sneakier things or riskier things like that, they still feel comfortable coming to us. But I, I mean, I'm all for the like dyeing the hair, cutting it off. Millie cut her hair already. So like I'm I'm down for that side of the rebellion. I'm like, express yourself. Like, let's see how like crazy we can get. <laughs> so that part, I don't mind. It's more like the lying part or like the attitude or the friends become more important than family part of it. Mm. That I'm a little nervous about. Because yeah. friends can, you know, they... 
they are raised different. Everybody's raised differently. So sometimes they're, they can just have a different effect on you or be like more experienced in certain things or more, you know, our kids are pretty naive, I would think. And I'm just nervous about like people showing them things that they haven't experienced yet. Does each kid like each parent parents their kids differently? Like some parents want their kids to be exposed to everything early so they know how the world is. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you have other parents that want their kids to be kids. And Mm -hmm. when those two children like collide, like there could be a lot of trauma, I feel like involved in that. Um, So that, that relationship is important. And Rebecca helped me with that because my childhood was very, um, traditional in the sense that like you're the child and I'm the parent and you listen to what I say. And- yep. Yep. I know that for sure for mine. And not only, yeah, not even just that, but I feel like also sheltered in a sense mm-hmm. where like, if you had a question, it's like, Oh, I mean, you're too young. You don't really need to know about that now. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So when? Because I'm right now and it's like, he never told me, but you expect me to know it. And it's like, that didn't help either. So yeah. Right. Yeah, it's it's tricky. Um, it's very tricky, but it's Rebecca's helped me with trying to break my because like in therapy, you learn that majority of everything, all your issues as an adult comes from childhood. Mm-hmm. So the way I was raised, it, it's been hard for me to raise my kids the opposite of how I was raised, um, like to raise them like, you know, they have opinions. And well, what do you want to do today? It's not this is what we're going to do today. And you sit down and be quiet. So it's it's been very helpful to at least learn how a relationship is supposed to be with them, even though like I'm not perfect with it yet. And it's very hard to break myself from what I know. Um, but it's, it's good to know the correct track that I should be aiming for. So what are your parenting styles? Matt and Rebecca, like, is it like similar or is it like different? Oh, God. I say it's different. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm more of the, uh, yeah, it's a little different. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of the, like, um, you know, like the, I don't know what to call it. Like the last, the last stop, you know, like Rebecca will, she's the very understanding and sweet and nurturing. Um, and then like, I'll be listening in the background. And when I hear like the kids giving too much, like, okay, you talking about a little too much. Like I'll come in and be like, what did your mama say? <laughs> so I think I'm more the authoritative mm-hmm. is a proper mm-hmm. thing. Um, but I, I try not to do it in a harsh way, um, more of like firm mm-hmm. and assertive as a, as opposed to mean and angry. Um, but it's, it's a, it's tough. Yeah, it's tough because then I have certain triggers like I can't stand when they like mess up like stuff around the house, especially after we like literally just cleaned. I don't know why it irks me so bad. And I have to like talk myself down because I'm like, you're going to are you really going to traumatize them over a dirty house? Like, <laughs> is it really I not serious? Like that, because like when I get done cleaning my bathroom, I'm like, OK, I don't want to touch it. And then all of a sudden I have to go to the bathroom. But, like, I just cleaned this yes. like, give me an hour before I start messing it yes. up again. What triggers me is like when I'm washing the dishes, right? And it's like clean, nice and clean counter. And then there's someone with their dirty dish there. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Just wash it, wash it. I just got done. It's sparkling. Not anymore. No, not anymore. It's like it literally lasts like five seconds in this house. And like, 
it's it's so funny. Like I can literally see like Amelia is really bad with it, but I can understand because it's like her attention span. And so like I know she doesn't have any like malintent, but I'm like, I don't know how to correct this behavior without losing my mind because I yeah. feel like every time I see her like little piles of like half done stuff, like I want to go nuts. So last night I was like, that's it. I'm like, you guys have your room. That's your room. If you want it to be messy, that's great. Like you can do whatever you want to do in your room. But out here is a common area and you have to respect the common area. And like, and that's because that is ultimately the lesson. I feel like that's most important. It's not about being clean, but it's about like respecting other people that you live with, respecting the common areas and things like that. And like knowing where to, you can be clean and where you can be messy. So I told them though, I'm like, but I don't want to hear you ask me like where your shoes are, where your clothes are, where not like nothing. Cause if it's in your room and it's messy, that's not my problem that you can't find it. So <laughs> yeah. that was like the compromise. I was like, I won't comment on how messy your room is. I won't like, you know, make you feel bad about it. It's, it's your space. So like, I try to find the balance and like what the big picture lesson is like it might take me a while to get there because it really like irks me the dirtiness of it. But like I try ultimately to find like what is it that I truly want them to learn from this lesson and like what is it that really matters? Because I don't want to make them have a complex about it either, you know, or like feel bad like or mommy's only happy with me when my room looks a certain way. Because then that teaches them to be like people pleasers when they get older. And like, I definitely don't want them to be that way either. So, but it's rough because you have to like put some of your stuff aside to make sure that you're grooming them in the right way to like build them up, especially like Millie. I'm very like aware of it because I don't want her to grow up to be somebody that puts herself second to other people, you know, like, I feel like as women, like it's so common and that's like such a common message for us from like birth. And I know like that was the message I got, whether my parents meant to or not, I just think it happens that, you know, you have to do X, Y, and Z for me to be, give you praise or happiness or love. And I, you don't like you're a human and you deserve praise, love, and happiness for just being who you are, whether you're messy or clean, you know? So I just, it's, it's hard to find that balance and make sure you're not crushing them in the process. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Rebecca, you preaching to me right now. <laughs> it is Sunday. I'm getting a word right now. <laughs> no, but I mean, that's true. Cause I didn't even think about that. Sorry. I, I have Bella in my lap right now. So that's okay. Hey, Bella. People can't see but I have a tiny, I think I've mentioned Bella before, tiny teacup Yorkie. This is the only child I need right now. She's the cutest ever, literally. <laughs> so, but yeah, I didn't think, I mean, I guess I always forget that, that we are kind of taught basically since birth, like, oh, don't really put yourself first. Yeah. Yeah. And like all the subconscious messages we get as little girls, it's, like she wanted to cut her hair off, like her hair is super short, like mine now. And, you know, like when I was a little girl, it was like, oh, girls should have long hair. And, oh, yes. you know, and, and that whole conversation. To your yeah. Back. So I was like, are you sure? Because I didn't want her to do it just because I had short hair either. So I wanted to make sure we had a conversation before she did it. Just, you know, like you should want to do this for you, not because you want to look like me or anybody else. Like you should want this for you. And when I found out like 
that was really what she wanted. I'm like, cut your hair. Like, it's your hair. It'll grow back. Like, express yourself how you want to express yourself. And like, she's been happy about it. And it's mm-hmm. it's really nice to see her have so much self-confidence as a nine-year-old little girl. Like, it's really nice to see. That is good. All right. We are jumping a little bit around. Yeah. Our <laughs> Let's bring it back. Because like I said, almost kind of like, but it's all good. I mean, this is all still relationships that just I don't think a lot of people relationship. talk yeah. about. Because when you say the word relationship, people are just like, okay, man, woman, fall in love. We don't mm-hmm. always talk about like family relationships, relationships with yourselves, friendships. Yeah. It's all important. But to tie it back to couples relationships, let's put the focus back on both of you. So, <laughs> of course, the most common one, because I don't even know this one. How'd you guys meet? And I put, was it quote unquote, love at first sight, if you guys believe in that? It's not if you don't, <laughs> but I just thought it'd be, you know. I, I mean, I know you guys are like high school sweethearts, right? That nice little thing, kind of. Kind of. Yeah. So, uh- <laughs> I'm the te- I'm very technical and logical, so I don't believe in love at first sight, but we were definitely attracted to each other. Like, you know, you got the lust at first sight. Of course. Um, <laughs> so do you want to tell the story? You're probably a better story. So. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Come on, um, I believe in you. <laughs> or is it because the story might be different than what Rebecca remembers? Is it that yeah, type probably. of thing? Yeah, yeah. she'll probably tell it in a more like, I don't know, a better light. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we met actually like officially, officially met um at grad night, our senior year. So like I had known Michaela, his older sister, who's in the same grade as my older brother um, in high school. But I literally never saw Matt on campus. I think I saw him one time freshman year walking with Michaela into school. And I asked my brother, like, who's that? And he, he told me, oh, that's Matt, Michaela's little brother. And I was like, oh, and that was literally the last time I ever saw him until senior year. I don't know where he went. We went to the same high school. I don't know where he disappeared to on campus, but I mean, I have to admit, because we went to the same high school, that high school had a lot of kids. So I don't blame you for never seeing each other again. Yeah, it did. It did. But we literally never saw each other until senior year. He started hanging around with like the people that I hung around with. And um, but we never really talked. And then grad night, two weeks before we graduated, we ended up in the same like friend group going on, on all the rides and stuff. But we didn't start talking until right before we went on the ferry to come like to go back to the buses to go home. And he like had some ice cream or something and asked me if I wanted some. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then we started talking from there. And like the whole ferry ride, I was like, man, I feel like I know him. Like, I feel like I've known him for like ever. And I wanted to be like, are you sure I had never met you before? Like he just felt familiar, like, and comfortable and easy. So like I felt real easy. (laughs) I don't know if it was like love at first sight, but it was definitely like best friend vibes at first sight. Like he was just like, I I felt like I could talk to him forever. I could hang out with him forever. I think I even like stalkerish was like, where are you going to college? And then like, I found out he both, we both got into FSU and I was like, Oh, if he says he's going to FSU, I might go. And I'm like, that is so stalkery. Like we have a problem. Don't do that. (laughs) But it didn't end up that way way and then we just kind of became friends after that like after grad night right 
Like you, I think you invited me. We started talking on MySpace. My yeah. <laughs> oh God, MySpace. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So all the way back. And then <laughs> um, I would like Facebook. write her poems. And... Yeah. Oh, that's And then we, we hung out. I came to your house. He cooked me like food, like crabs and stuff. Green beans. Yeah. <laughs> and we hung out for the first time at his house. And then we just were friends. It was kind of crazy, but, um, yeah. yeah. And, but I was dating somebody at the same time. Mm. So we had a little bit of a rocky beginning to our relationship. I yeah. was like in a three or four year, terrible, terrible, terrible relationship. Um, that I thought wasn't terrible because you're young and you're in love and you're dumb. But, um, so there was like some overlap because when Matt went to college, he went to, Hampton, Hampton University, Hampton University. And we would talk on the phone like all the time. And I broke up with the person I was dating. And then he Matt, I told Matt like we were I wasn't really ready to date, but I really like liked Matt a lot. And then he asked me to go out with him. And I was like, yeah. And then I ended up cheating on him because he was at Hampton. And it was it was terrible. And I broke his heart. It was really bad. It took years to get over that. So we kind of like. After that happened, we broke up. No, we dated for sure. Like after that, you found out we after a little bit, we started dating for like a long time. It was like a year. And then he broke up with me and told me he didn't want to see me anymore or talk to me ever again. And then and then my aunt died and then we had a baby. We got pregnant and had a baby and that and then we were stuck together ever since then. <laughs> Wow. Together. The truth is really coming out today. <laughs> and then he wouldn't go away ever then. <laughs> no. No, but I'm really glad. I always like say that my uterus chose him because I just it was so random that we got pregnant. It was so bad. <laughs> but I just felt like it was meant to be. Like I don't know. It was the best thing that ever happened to my life. So in mine. That but that is our crazy story i started off so nice like so romantic and then it got so rocky and bad so rocky <laughs> and then it got so great again so yeah so that's how we met <laughs> that's our love story thankfully like you were saying there was something there that obviously still brought you guys together no matter like all the mess so you were able to get past that yeah like it was the worst when he told me he didn't want to talk to me more i was like oh my goodness that's so terrible. But I understood. Like, I got it because I really did hurt him. And it was like, I felt so terrible. I was really young and really immature and very wrong. And I was, but I was really, and, but so I got it. Like, I understood why he didn't want to go forward because he really cared for me. I think I just wasn't in a place to understand like what good love looked like. Yeah. And what so I couldn't accept like. it. Yeah. Like what a healthy person was. And so I couldn't accept it. And I felt terrible that I like hurt such a good, pure, like good person. But I appreciate that he gave me another chance. Yeah. Cause that takes, that also takes a lot of strength. Yeah, totally. Wow. I mean, I learned something new because I <laughs> that's my first time hearing that. So I don't think I've <laughs> actually asked you guys. So 
Yes. And I remember being pregnant and then I met, that's when I first met Ed was when they were living together and I was pregnant and I would go over there all the time. I felt like all his friends hated me. You think my brother hated you? Yes, he totally did. (laughs) He probably did in the beginning. In the beginning, (laughs) which I got, like, you know, that's He hated me in the beginning too, so. (laughs) What do you mean he hated you in the beginning? (laughs) Oh, for going back? Huh? Like taking her back or no? No, like in the beginning of our friendship, oh, but me and his oh, friendship. Okay. I think yeah. that's just he, my brother. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think love so you, too. BJ, for listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was crazy, and then and then had like I lost somebody really close to me, and then we got pregnant, and so it was a lot. In like our first year of marriage, we always laugh and felt say that it feel it felt like the first ten years of our marriage was like in that first year. Yeah, first year was rough. It was super rough. Because we literally, like, I got pregnant and he was like, do you want to be my girlfriend? Like, we weren't even dating. No, we weren't. Yeah. So. Because I was going to say, you guys got married after Millie got here, right? Yeah. Yeah. She was like three months old when we got married. Yeah. But like I always try to tell Rebecca, like, I, I knew I always wanted to settle down with Rebecca. I wanted to marry her, have kids with her, all of that. Um. I just didn't intend for it to happen at that time, but because and that quickly, and that quickly because like we like I just called her and um told her like like I miss you. This is after we broke up for it was almost a year, and so we started talking slowly again. And like she wanted some assurances from me to protect her heart, and I was like, I'm not finna give you no type of assurances because you just destroyed my heart. No, like we could start slow and we could see where it goes, and then other things happen. She got pregnant. And so in my mind, it was like, well, I always wanted it to be Rebecca. And I always wanted my kids to um, grow up with like married parents Mm -hmm. just because that's how I was raised. So it was something that I wanted to do like for my kids. So it wasn't the right timing. Like I would have if I had to choose, I probably would have waited. I mean, I was so young. We were so young. We were like 21. Like We haven't we hadn't traveled the world like nothing so the timing was earlier than i wanted but it was always going to be rebecca in my mind so i tried to explain that to her but that was one thing that really bothered her like she felt like i got trapped into being with her and i didn't leave because we had a kid which is a valid thought um but in my mind like i just always thought about it differently so that's interesting that you brought that up because i was also going to ask do you think i guess Girls don't think about it that much because we always think we're the first ones that like know when we want to get married and have kids like because you thought of that as a young age. So do you think like when a guy knows they know because I feel like. Yeah. Did you know when you were sharing that ice cream with Rebecca? that she <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because I feel like we always have a perception where guys don't think about it until like they're after what, 25, 26. And you knew pretty oh, yeah. young. So I don't yeah. know if it depends on the man or like they always know and they just like don't always want to share it. I think it depends on the man. I'm sure a lot of it comes to like how you were raised and like whoever you looked up to as a role model, which one of the ones for me was my dad and I always liked the way he treated my mom. And Rebecca was, she was just the first girl that I ever could see myself truly having a relationship with. Um, like our conversations, like we made each other laugh. We talked about conspiracies, just goofy, silly stuff. Um, and it just felt like it, like we weren't forcing anything. It wasn't, it was just natural. So, and and I did know 
at a young age, like I always wanted to be a dad and a husband. Um, it, it was completely different. Like once I actually got into it, don't get me wrong. It wasn't <laughs> what I thought it would be. It never is until it actually happens. Yeah. <laughs> it never is. But I did. Um, I did think about it a lot. Did you date um, before Rebecca? Like, have you dated before getting with her? Uh, not not really. I didn't really have a serious, serious girlfriend. Um, and all the ones that I did have, like one was in church and I was like under 10. And that one ended like, oh, like we got married under a church and oh, <laughs> under God. some tree at the church. <laughs> and Playground love. It, it just didn't end well. I, I can't even remember what happened, but I think she just decided she was done with me one Sunday. And, you know, that was it. Divorced at an early age. Oh, no. At an early age. So I, I had been through a lot. And then my, my second girlfriend in middle school, she broke up with me twice for the same reason, which was because I was too soft. So why would she date you again if she thought you were too soft for the first time? Did she? I went into hard training. Like I started being mean to people and like talking back to the teachers. Oh, God, this is such And then we like dated a- again. Weird and, uh, bad mom yeah. calm. <laughs> I was still too soft. So I didn't really have a, a good experience dating um, until Rebecca. And then it was bad. And then she broke my heart. So, just, you know. <laughs> but no, thankfully. Do you ever think that he's too soft, Rebecca? No, I think he's amazing. I mean, I he is literally like one of the most open-minded people I've ever met. And I personally never, ever, ever wanted to get married or have kids. And then I met Matt. But that was because I don't like the traditional, like, male and female like gender norms or roles like they really irk me because I feel like women are just as powerful as men I feel like we we both have different powers but I feel like you know we should we're equal and and a lot of it was like I looked down on like why should women have to serve men and blah 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 and and you know I had like I had not so great like outlooks on love in the in the sense of like I didn't see it as a two-sided thing but maybe that's just because of like relationships that I've seen in my childhood and stuff like that like it didn't in my experience it didn't seem equal and it didn't seem fair but then I met Matt and I told him I'm like I'm not gonna be cooking and cleaning and doing all these things so you can get that out of your head now and like he was like okay and he for like the first I would say like eight years of our marriage like cooked almost like every meal like he you know like he is a very like service type of person so I don't see it as him being like soft I just see him he he serves the people that he loves and it inspires me because I'm like oh like that's actually like very healthy like you should be both of you should be serving and like both of you should be doing things for the other and like compromising for the other one. So like he literally has taught me so much about like what a healthy relationship is. And so, no, like I don't see him as soft at all. I see he has like a huge heart and just like he's the best husband and father that I could have ever dreamed up or like created in the universe or could have ever imagined. Like he really is just amazing so oh and like what is the definition of soft honestly yeah. So yeah like what is your definition of soft compared to my de- definition of soft right 
and and then I also feel like that also goes into toxic masculinity, which I feel like yes. more people are talking about. I'm like, so just because yes. he's nice, yeah. he's soft. Soft. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, or that he has manners. Yeah. Yes. Something yes. like yes. think it just means he's yes. not. I don't know. That makes him less attractive. Yeah. It's so like to me. I mean, I and I'm so like I I can be very like liberal and open-minded so like i couldn't have been with a person that was very rigid right like even just like allowing our son to like play with dolls and barbies and dress up in princess dresses or paint his nails if he wants to and do those types of things and like even if like matt has felt maybe uncomfortable or whatever like he's never projected that onto like milo and or like stifled him from experimenting or being like who he wants to be and like that means so much you know like it's so hard to find guys that are okay with those things and like or don't like stifle their kids because of their own stuff that they have going on so yeah like I felt blessed that I got like I met him and like we just matched that's awesome it is how did um your relationship affect your relationship with others like your friends and your family i mean we got a little bit of insight when you told us about the past but probably what about when you guys actually were more into the marriage like was there was there like conflict between like you and your parents because of rebecca and then the same for you rebecca like vice versa well my parents love Matt like my dad is so ridiculous like I can't even with him he like hated my ex-boyfriend but like when he met Matt because Matt is like a true gentleman like he would open the door for me like you know let me go first through things like he literally had like his mom and dad gave him great manners and like my dad loves that and always told me like that's the type of guy that you should be with but not only that like he's just polite and smart and kind so like my dad I think fell in love with Matt before I I did truly like he literally was like he was just ridiculous like he told me finally like when we were getting married he's like you know I didn't want to say anything about him because I felt like if I said I liked him that you wouldn't want to marry him so like he was so over the moon like my parents love Matt so they didn't really give us any trouble like with just me being with Matt like I think they were like my dad always says like it's he's the best son-in-law that he could have asked for for his daughter so that was good for like for me and and my parents they they always liked Rebecca um since I first brought her around they don't really they're very private mm-hmm. with their own relationship and they extend that to other people's relationships so they never really asked about like how we were or was everything okay I, like, they don't really um pry into stuff like that but they always liked Rebecca and and approved yeah your mom would call me like when we broke up when he told me he didn't want to be with me anymore she would literally call me like once a week just to like talk with me and like keep base yeah and she invited me because they were like selling their house in florida and we were still not talking and she was like oh can you come over i want to see you before we move and she like invited me to come over and he was there and i'm like this is super (laughs) awkward but it was funny like yeah she was really supportive and then when my aunt passed like she was really there for me for that too like his parents have always been just really supportive and great i think it was more like the like we had more trouble with a little bit more with like extended family and then like maybe friends but mm-hmm. how so with friends well i lost friends not because of matt but just because of like the person i was dating was also they were friends with him also uh, um uh-huh. yeah and then i got pregnant and married so young i was 
22 when we got married, like literally just turned 22, like maybe four months before. So we were the first of our like friend group. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To like get married, have kids, have like a real life. So I literally lost like all my friends. I think I kept like maybe two of them. And I think it's just they they couldn't relate anymore. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to do the same stuff. I've never really been like a partier or like a hanger out. Like I'm so introverted. It's ridiculous. So I was kind of cool with it. I was like, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. See ya. (laughs) Yeah. The people that hung around are like still my good friends to this day. And then I prefer to kind of like, I, well, I don't really prefer, I kind of gravitate more to like older people anyway. So I made a lot more friends like through work and stuff like that, that kind of, but I'm usually just home. I'm a homebody. It's really ridiculous how so much like me and Rebecca is sometimes when I hear her start talking I'm like yeah. that's why we get along so well yes like yeah. people like you know. a version of me yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I'd rather be home than with like a bunch of people I can't even deal like I can only do it for short periods of time and then I'm like exhausted your social battery starts going down yeah it like literally drains you It Mm -hmm. does, like straight up. And then I'm like, I need to go and like hibernate for like a day (laughs) to recharge. That's true, though, especially what I was learning now, like when I got out of high school and I try to keep in touch with some of like my friends. It's not like we were all in different aspects, like dramatically like that. But, you know, some people move and then start experiencing their own stuff and then make Mm -hmm. their own friends. And then I do think sometimes I was getting a little jealous, especially like when I thought, us growing up they're like well I thought you're supposed to be my friend too but like you barely get in contact with me and you just got to realize you guys are changing like sometimes your lives don't match up like they used to or sometimes I'm like well were we really friends or were we friends because we were stuck in school for such a long amount of time and we saw each other all the time so like I didn't have anyone else but then like when we left and aren't around each other you start noticing stuff either you didn't want it to admit or like you know yeah <laughs> mostly just admit. so like a same time same place acquaintanceship basically. pretty much yeah yeah and I want to clarify I don't know truly if your brother didn't like me <laughs> probably did I just want to that was my experience and my own yes it was I want to put that because that's going to be like really I'm just, I don't know if he did because he's always been super nice to me I just I you know you feel guilty so you're like he probably hates me too because that's such Matt's best friend so yeah. you know I just want to I just want to throw that out yeah, there no, just, you're fine. To, and just like, to clarify they're really close so I don't blame you for feeling that way yeah they're like brothers yeah. So and I get yeah. it. Like I totally would get it, you know. Yeah. But we're good now. He's like my biffle. I love it. He's probably just more so like checking you out to make sure yeah. you know, like you passed all the tests. Yeah. And all that. Yeah. So it's all good. <laughs> I mean, I was way too young, but Matt's like my brother too, because I've basically known him since I was born. So yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. But it's all good. It's all good. So like in our basically in the times we're going through now with the pandemic, do you think I mean, it will be different for you guys because you are married. But do you think the pandemic in any way kind of change your relationship with each other? 
I don't know if you guys were home a lot during, well, you were, right? Like during the beginning where like lockdowns and stuff like that. So were you guys like driving each other crazy, being around each other and then like with the kids, trying to figure out stuff to do. Couldn't really go on date nights anymore. I couldn't babysit to earn some extra money anymore. In like a year. Right. <laughs> Has it been a year? It's the whole, well, I mean like, well, March will be a year since we went on like, you know, pandemic lockdown-ish, but we haven't mm-hmm. had a date in, oh my goodness. I don't even know how long. We saw Tenant. Yeah, we saw Tenant. That's right. That was nice. That was nice. It, the, the pandemic for me, I'll start. It was, um, it was really good because we all, we've always enjoyed each other's company. Mm-hmm. Um, with the kids, it changed it because they're so active and like they have so much energy. They want to go out and do things. And because we couldn't really do that, all we really had was in the backyard. So we resorted to playing a lot of, you know, family games, um, board games inside. We would take them to the park every now and again. But I think they got kind of tired of the same things over and over. Mm-hmm. Whereas me and Rebecca were like, fine. Like, <laughs> I love being home. Yeah, we'll, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> pull up a good movie or a TV show. And yeah, um, no social expectation to go outside of my home. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. please. Yeah. And then on top of that, we um, I started going to therapy. I think it's about two years ago now. I'm not sure. And then eventually Rebecca started coming with me and, and it turned into couples therapy. And because we were able to continue that through the video conferencing, um, like telemedicine. So that I think has also kind of shifted our relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I've discovered so much about myself and her and a lot of the issues that come up in our relationship <laughs> through therapy. So the pandemic has been like beyond the deaths that we um experienced last year and that the world experienced like it's it's been a blessing yeah it was nice to be able to spend so much time together and then we the jobs that we have in general like we both get so much time like because we both work for the school system so like we have winter break together spring break together thanksgiving break like we have a ton of breaks where we the four of us like get to be together and it's really nice to be able to spend so much time like as a family together. And then we're really good about because we're I feel like we're both introverted. And so like we're really good about being like, you you good tonight? Like I'm good. So when we do our own thing, like he'll play video games, I'll watch TV or read. And like we're okay with that. And it doesn't like affect it. And we both understand it. And that is really nice. Or I'll read too. I like books. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's my bad. I don't mean just play video games. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> but you do play a lot of video games. Let's admit that. <laughs> no, but that's I good. Do. I made you. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that's good because I feel like also another thing people feel like in relationships, like you can't really be quiet around each other. Like, I don't know if mm-hmm. a lot of people yeah. are really comfortable with like comfortable silence to where you're quiet, yeah. but you're still like comfortable. You don't have to feel the need to talk. Cause I'm like that. If I'm really comfortable around you, like we don't have to be talking all the time. I can literally just sit next to you on my phone. You can do whatever and it's fine. So 
And I also wanted to point out, I noticed you guys were talking about like taking them out, which I don't feel like you also see a lot, like with tablets. I feel like most parents kind of just shove tablets to their kids and like do whatever. Well, yes, you do. do. (laughs) Try to make an effort to like take them out of the bag, get some exercise and board games. Sometimes I forget people like companies don't make board games. So... (laughs) Right, yeah. really. There's a lot of I new feel board like everything should be yeah. like on a PC, or even if it is like a board game, it's like a digital board game. So, but it's not the same thing, though. Like a digital no. board game, it's not. Yeah, it's you don't not. get the thrill of like I don't know. I was I was gonna say Monopoly, but honestly, to this day, I do not know how to play I, Monopoly. I hate I Monopoly. Do not, it's so I can't stand it. I'm so terrible at it. Probably properly played a game to where I actually knew what was going on. I just pretend. I fake it till I make it. Yeah. <laughs> I you feel go. you. <laughs> it's so bad. I'm, I miss, oh, now I'm thinking of board games. I miss board <laughs> games. <laughs> like Connect Four, your shoots and ladders. I really like Jenga. Yeah. Jenga, Jenga was it fun. It is fun. I like Candyland. Candyland was fun too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have that one. The kids love to play that one. <laughs> it's really easy for little kids because it's not like there's not a lot of rules in it. And the card, like you literally just flip a card over and it tells you like what, how many spaces to go or something like that or what the next color, color to go yeah. to. It does yeah. Both. So it's like super easy for kids. I know you're playing. Yeah. One time I was with you, we were hanging out and you were playing this one interesting game. Was it with monkeys that kind of like taught them moral values? Oh yeah, I cute. That was interesting. Yeah. Yes. That's it's a good one. Dope. It's it's like social emotional learning, and it asks like questions like what What do you think you would have done in this situation, or why do you think that they were upset about this? Or but then they also has cards for like activities, so they get to like get up and like get some energy out. So it keeps them super engaged. They love mm-hmm. that game. It's a really cute game, Nafis. I was like, wow, this is teaching them morals. I've never seen a game like this before. <laughs> yeah. What is this game called? Hughes Race to the Top or something like something that. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's And it's like yeah. a little monkey named Q. And he's in, he has a tree house. And you're trying to get him to the top of the tree house. And you each have a piece. And you roll a dice and whatever color you land on it's like blue green or red it goes to like a stack of cards and like the red is like little activities like it helps with balance like you stand on one foot and see how long you can do it or somebody makes funny faces at you and you try not to laugh things like that and then one of the other ones is like scenarios and like what do you do in this scenario like somebody's bullying somebody on the playground what what would you do or something like that and then the other one is like questions about you like i think it asks like stuff you like to do or something like that like more getting to know you kind of things but it's kind of cool and the kids really like it they like the of course they like the red ones but yeah. They like they're like <laughs> jumping to answer the other ones too. They're like talking over each other, like, oh, I know, I know how to do this. I know, I know. Like the answer. So it's cute. They get super in, into it. So back on the kids, I mean, you talked about this a little bit, but what do you want to try to teach them as they get older? Like with relationships. And that can literally be any type. So like relationships with themselves. I know you touched on that a little bit, Rebecca, relationships, like it, when they start dating or just like friendships. I know you also talked about the friendships a little bit as well, but it also goes to yourself because you were talking about how you just want to make sure Millie's confident in herself to when she starts having friends, they don't, she knows if someone's trying to take advantage of her or not. So yeah, that's a big yeah. one. I mean, and that's understandable. So 
Yeah. And gir- little girls can be like bully. They, and they start so young and, you know, they make you different yeah. and they do it to where you don't notice until you get older. Yeah. Either. So it can be yeah. very <sighs> manipulative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But definitely like, you know, like to have empathy for others, like, and usually like if they come to us like, oh, well, they did this and, you know, we try and talk about the situation and also teaching them like everybody is raised differently. Everybody's parents have different values that they teach their kids and that they're not always going to look or act the way that you act. And you have to learn how to like navigate that. You have to decide for yourself, like, are you going to tolerate that behavior or do you want to find a different friend? You know, are you going to try and help them to learn? Like, do you feel like they could, that they would be willing to listen to learn a different way of seeing certain things, but just how to like navigate the nuances of friendships because not everybody's going to be like the perfect friend all the time. And sometimes I feel like people don't teach us like how to take the good with the bad because nobody's perfect and your friends are going to do things that hurt your feelings, but it doesn't mean that they're bad people. So, and kids are so dual. Like it's either they're people, to them, people are either good or bad and there's no in between, but just trying to help them to see that in between with them without, without, letting go of like, you know, their feelings, like, and not thinking that their feelings are valid in that situation too. So it's hard because, you know, you have to do it in a way that's kid friendly and (laughs) how you do that. I don't even know as an adult how to do that all the time. So, (laughs) but just talking to them is the best because usually kids are very intuitive and they kind of already know a lot of things and they're the most forgiving people people ever like kids and resilient and resilient yeah i think as adults we like project so much onto them like we think oh they should be so traumatized by that so then we're constantly like are you okay like are you still thinking about this and we're like constantly harping and we're re-traumatizing them over and over (laughs) again like and they're like no seriously i'm good and now now i'm there they're starting to question like am i good like yeah yeah, like maybe i shouldn't be good because you keep asking me about it Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes actually that you mentioned that because I used to tutor for fourth grade mm-hmm. before teaching at high school and like the kids like they would fight but then they'd get back like to being friends the very next day or like within yeah. hours yeah and I don't know I learned like to be more forgiving because of these kids so it's yeah so, like, even as adults you learn from children too so, so. you do big time super hard I know a a little girl did something so bad to like Millie not I mean it wasn't to her it was in a situation and Millie ended up getting blamed for the situation Mm -hmm. and like I think I did wrong like I harped on it a little too much but like lesson learned in that scenario but just to hear the conversation like to have the conversation with Millie and she's just like you know it's okay, mom. Like, I'm okay. You know, I, I forgive her because sometimes I do that to Milo or sometimes I may, I tell lies about Milo or exaggerate things about Milo. And like, just to hear like her empathy after she said that, I'm like, okay, Rebecca, like, it's not her, it's you. Like, you have to let this go at this yeah. point. Like, she's okay. Like, she's not going to be like taken advantage of. Cause I just think like, oh my gosh, she's so naive. Like, is she going to be taken advantage of again? Like, that's also your like mama bear and protective yeah. coming yeah. out too. And I think yeah. that's why it's easier for parents to harp on their kids like you were saying because I don't think they mean to well hopefully they don't mean to do it but it also comes from worry and I don't think people really know how to handle their worries like that so Mm -hmm. yeah I worry a lot about them but 
sometimes you just, you know, you have to like, I heard like the coolest saying where it's like, we as parents are not like here to shape or mold or prune like our kids. Like we're just like, they're the plants and we're the like the gardeners. So all we can do is make sure that they have enough nourishment. They have enough like, you know, sunlight, water, or in their kid's case, like food and, you know, support and things like that. And we have to just let them be and blossom into whoever they become like, but I think it's as parents, we know like, Oh, well, if you're not good at math or science or in school, you're not going to be successful. And we start to project like all these things, but who knows, like they may be the next gymnast and they don't need any of that or the next artist. And you know, like, so they'll figure it out as long as you're supporting them and loving them. But it's hard because society puts so much pressure. Like schools are so rigid in the way that they where they think kids should be and how what they should know at this age. And like when your kid is not there, it's like you almost they make you feel bad about it. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah. my gosh, like, or like is he going to fail? Is he never going to succeed? Yeah, Or make so. you feel dumb because like you were yeah. saying, they're not the best at math or science, mm-hmm. um, but they can excel in something else like the arts or like gymnastics. But for some reason, we look down on those skills yeah. like it's not really, you know important or like helpful or like we always tell people oh i mean it's not a real job it's like something either as a hobby or like one in a million thing you can actually be successful in and like i was telling the feast well i think the last episode we recorded were we got into some topic about seeing oh people our age and they're famous or like more rich and Nafi yeah. said something about I think she asked me if I was jealous I'm like well no I was never jealous of like people I one I don't know and how they got their level of success or even my friends because we all measure success differently so like your success can be different than my success exactly yeah and I, I feel like society we forget that like we forget that there's so many different ways to live life And I feel like we get so stuck on like our way of thinking and, you know, like, I mean, there's things that you, there's no arguing, like there's a right and a wrong for, for certain things clearly, but for other things and how you get to where you get, like, I don't know. I just don't think it should be standardized or measured. And I think we should allow people like, because what if like, I want to be like the best, like, you know, whatever, what do people look down on? Like working in fast food or whatever. Like, what if I want to be that? And that's the like, I want to be the best possible that possible. Like, does that make me like something's wrong with me or, you know, like, and why is that a bad thing? Just any type of service job anyway. It's really weird to me how we look down on that. And then I really feel like the pandemic brought out like, uh, no, these jobs are very important. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like they're they're necessities. Like yeah. Being a cleaner, like Grocery a janitor or something. Stores. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And just like working in retail, I always tried my best knowing how it is now to be like, not just extra nice, but just nice to people working in those jobs because i understand it's hard and i don't know what you're also going through personally so even if you help me or don't help me i always try to make sure like i say thank you acts really nicely you know it's hard and it's very hard out there yeah but that's wrapping it back around that's for me that's what i want like for our kids in all areas of their relationships is just to be like open-minded understanding empathetic 
like humans that are secure in who they are and are able to, you know, set boundaries and be assertive when they need to, but just accepting people where they are because everybody is in a different path and at a different walk of life. And like, it's okay. And they're just as beautiful as somebody that's, you know, somewhere else in their walk of life and we should accept them and be kind to them no matter like who it is at the end of the day. Yeah. Do you see your kids struggling with some of the same struggles you had, like self-esteem or things like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Milo, I feel like struggles a little more like Millie has some. But that girl, man, I wish I could be Millie when I grow up. (laughs) She's on another wavelength. (laughs) So how did you how do you guys deal with that then when you see the same thing being repeated over in their lives? It's. It's hard. Like if you haven't learned as an adult how to to navigate it, which a lot of the lessons I still haven't learned yet. Like I I just learned a new one yesterday in therapy. Mm -hmm. So it's hard if you don't have the tools yourself to help them with it. You just resort to, I mean, like muscle memory, like things that you've heard or. Would you mind giving an example? Like an easy one is Milo doesn't like to lose. Okay. In anything yeah. like games and, and he'll get really, really upset. Like he'll go get his favorite blanket and like his whole face will change. Like, so I could tell he's taking it more than just losing a game. And he like will yell and sometimes like throw things like he gets like really. I mean, it's better than it used to be, but yeah, mm. he'll get like really upset. So so I can tell like he's probably telling himself because something I struggled with as a, a kid and a young adult was bad negative self-talk so when something would happen something i still struggle with <laughs> yeah it, and it's hard yeah. like yeah. i constantly have to remind myself mm-hmm. but telling myself like oh you lost because you're not good enough or mm-hmm. like no matter how how many times you practice this game like you'll you'll always come in last like that that negative voice just constantly penetrating and becoming how i actually thought about myself and I I think that maybe that's where his expressions come from. Like maybe he has a voice in his head that's Mm -hmm. telling him that he'll never be able to win anything. He never wins like these big extremes. Mm -hmm. So when I see it happen, I I try to correct it and just teach him to change that trigger in his brain to think about it differently. Like everybody loses. Not everybody can win. Keep trying, keep practicing, you'll get better mm-hmm. and eventually you'll win, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, that that is really hard. Like he does have a, a lot of like negative self-talk and like I mean, like Matt, I also experienced that growing up. Um and still to this day, I mean, like if I make a mistake, oh my goodness, you know, it's a way better than it used to be, but you still kind of like beat yourself up or like, you know, ruminate on it and go over it and over it. So it is hard to see, and he's so little yeah. and You know, and then I worry about Millie because she's just not as expressive. So I'm like, is she going through the same stuff? And we just don't know because she's not really expressing it. But like for Millie, it just seems like she just kind of like floats through life. Like she's Millie just knows like she's creative. She's she is like the hardest worker I have ever met in my whole life. Like if she doesn't can't do something, you will literally see her just like over it. And she's not and it's not in the like a bad way. She's like having fun while she does it. Like that's good. And that's good. yeah, and enjoying it. And like, you know, it's okay. Like I'll just get it and she can figure things out real quickly. Like, but 
I think with Millie, it was it's more like the emotional, like trying to get approval through like her behavior that I saw her that I struggled with the most when I saw it with her. And because that was something that I did. And for me, something that really helped was just learning to love myself because Mm -hmm. it would anger me like when I saw her do it. And like, you know, that is not a normal reaction you should have. But like I was furious, but then I realized like, I'm not furious with her. I'm furious with me, like with myself, because I know like I do that and I don't like that about myself. And like, that's where that trigger is coming from. So just having to like working on myself more has made it so much easier for me to build that relationship with her and to like love her the way that I should be giving her love and not like making her feel bad about herself. But it's, it's hard. It's really hard. For sure. When did you feel the need to start working on yourself? Well, this question goes to both of you. Because like you guys said that you do therapy, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's that is to work on, on yourselves, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So when did you feel like the need to do that? Like what, what triggered it to say, yes, maybe I should get therapy? Deep question. You don't have to answer it. <laughs> no, 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 it's a good I'm question. To remember. I started going to therapy um by myself after Matt and I broke up. And that was after I realized like I hurt him in a way that I've seen like other people in my life get hurt. And like, I made a mistake that I felt, I like, I don't like to hurt people. And I felt like it was just so selfish of me. And like, I couldn't get out of that space. did it and I almost like you that you yeah. did something that you saw other people do? Yeah. And it angered me because it was like, then, you know, the whole narrative start like this is why I never wanted to be in a relationship. This is why I never, you know, like you start to like beat yourself up. And then I became kind of like depressed about it because I also like lost my best friend mm-hmm. in the process, like, like not being able to talk to him. So I went to therapy because I'm like, I got to get my, like my stuff together. And that's also because I went to school to be a social worker and like, they talk about that. So, and they, you know, you can't help people because if without helping yourself first, or you'll be triggered like all over the place. So I'm like, I need to go to get those things under control. And it was like the best thing. Cause I also learned so much empathy from going to counseling because you start to see kind of the same things in like other people. And you can, you know, both sides of it. Like, you know, the side that they're going through, but also like that there's another side and that you can get better. So, but it took a long time. That was like, Oh my goodness. How many years ago was that? That was like over 10 Ten. years ago mm-hmm. that I started therapy. And then I stopped for a while and then we, I started to go again after I had Millie because I got, I was very depressed. I had postpartum depression with her. Um, and then I stopped again until we started going together. Mm-hmm. And I went a few different times. I went once when, before we were together and I was just working. Um, and I think, I think I was depressed at the time and I just didn't know what I wanted to do with my life and felt so much pressure to be doing what I loved. Um, well, you're, you're echoing, you're echoing my thoughts right now and I don't like it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and because, because I wasn't doing what I loved, then I felt like I was unsuccessful or not enough or whatever. And so I got some type of, I felt better after doing that. And then I stopped and then got married, had kids. And I think that just, there just came a point where I felt like I had used all my tools in parenting and our marriage. 
and that just hit like a block. Like our arguments were the same. I was getting irritated with the kids at the same things that like the same dumb stuff. Um, and I was like, all right, like I, I need some different tools to help me get through this. So that's what triggered it for me. Um, and I actually went probably three years ago and had a really bad experience with a therapist and then didn't go again for a whole nother year. And then Rebecca told me about another one and that's who we're with currently. Yeah. So yeah, just, just not being able to navigate situations that in my mind I, I felt should be simple to navigate, like in a relationship or in parenting, yeah. that's what, what triggered it. I was like, I, I need to learn. There's something I'm not understanding. You know, that's actually a really good thing because a lot of people don't get the help they need until it's like too late, I guess you could say. But you guys recognized that and like went for it. So that's that's pretty amazing. Did you ever have that stigma of like, oh, I'm going to therapy, like there must be something wrong with me type thing? <laughs> <laughs> no, my my parents were counselors at oh, our church. Okay. So I, I had seen that from a young age and I understood like what it was and I always understood it and just, I was like, well, why wouldn't you want to get better? I, I never looked at it as, oh, I'm, I'm crazy or um, I need counseling to do this or therapy. I just always thought it was like medicine. Yeah. And I went to school for, well, I went to school for it. Like I can get, I'm in the process of getting licensed now so that I can see clients. So it was. Oh, nice. Congrats. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So I'll be done soon, probably 2022. But um, so I kind of always like, I have a great outlook on counseling. I think everybody should go. I think it's just nice to have like an unbiased person that you can bounce like your thoughts off of because you'll realize like they help you to see or just even talking about it out loud helps you to see like that you're not like, there's nothing wrong with you. Like we all have thoughts and we all have negative thoughts and we all have experiences that shape us because our brains are like, you know, programmed. They're like computers and things in your childhood and messages you get like program the way that you respond and react to things now. So like we're all have some of those built in us and doing, and we're all doing the best that we possibly can. And it's okay to get tweaked and talk to every so often to kind of like help. But I do hear like there is stigma. Like I did, I did feel a way when I had postpartum because I didn't like, everybody tells you how great it is to be a mom and how amazing it's supposed to feel. And I didn't have that attachment or connection. And then when I had Milo, I did. And I felt so terrible that I never had that with Millie. Mm -hmm. But thankfully, like I had Matt with after Millie and like had the wherewithal to know, like, okay, Rebecca, like you have to get up, you have to go change her. She's crying. Like you have to go and like meet her needs. Mm -hmm. Even though I was super depressed and didn't have that attachment. Like I had the schooling that I, you know, like logically knew what I had to do. But if I didn't, like, I don't even know. I wonder if that's also just like a, I mean, I don't know anything about postpartum depression, but I wonder mm -hmm. in your case, if that was just like a first baby thing. Cause like you, you always brought up, you know, you never thought you were going to be married with kids. Right. So that's why mm -hmm. I wonder if that's something in the back of your mind, because you're always like, I didn't want this. So when it happened, it just took you a yeah. while to realize it was happening. Cause I'm afraid of that too. Cause I'm like you, I don't, I don't know about marriage and I'm always like, uh, no, keep those kids far away from me. Like, <laughs> me. Like, I mean, 
I don't know. I just know I don't want it now. No. No. Yeah. But it that's a great point, though. But I was just wondering, because like I said, I don't know anything about it. But as you talk, I was like, well, maybe it's because, like you were saying, you never thought you'd be in the situation. So when it happened, you unconsciously didn't know how to really, you know, react to it. And then with Milo, it was probably easier because you're used to it. So. Right. Yeah, I agree. I, I do. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Like, I never really looked at it that way. And I am a slow processor. So it could have <laughs> just been I hadn't processed it. You're like, what do you mean? Yeah. I have a baby coming. I'm a mom now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I have to take care of this thing. What are you talking about? And it's about? actually it's physically here now. So. Yeah. <laughs> that's so true. I never really looked at it that way at all. <laughs> probably had a lot to do with it. Yeah. Because. It was not, that was not the path that I had for my life. I didn't really know what path I had for my life, but I definitely knew that was not the option. <laughs> yeah. And I don't so. know if it's like that for like, you were saying how people are always raving about like, cause I have friends who are like that too, who always wants to be like parents settled down. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they'll experience the same thing or not. They could be like your friends where like, right. they're just instantly in love always with the baby. Right. So how did that affect um, your and Matt's relationship while you were going through that? Was it steady or did you feel like, I don't know. That's a mad question. Let me tell you. <laughs> no, that was, that was super, super dark. That was, that was that, that first year was the darkest point in our marriage yeah. um, where I even questioned like if it was going to work yeah. because I, I think before like we knew that she had postpartum. Mm-hmm. It just, we were just so detached. Like we we're trying to raise a human. Um, we weren't communicating, weren't getting along, um, weren't sleeping well. It's just like things on top of things. Mm-hmm. And it, it was terrible. Yeah. It was really, really hard. Yeah. How did you guys come out of that then? Matt so, never so, gave up. Matt never gave up. <laughs> he's persistent. That's good, though. That that's is a good. good. Thing. That's a good thing. Yes, he's yeah. extremely persistent. He's one of the most persistent people I've ever met. And I feel like that also goes into he just really cared. Because if he didn't care, I yeah. feel like even though he is a persistent type of person, he probably wouldn't yeah. put in so much effort. So yeah, so. like he can he can always see like the big picture, and like I really feel like blessed to be loved by him because he could always. He even in that dark time, like he still knew like I was in there somewhere and like he'd be like, come on, let's go. We're going to go for a walk. Like he even if I didn't want to get up off the couch, it was like, no, we're going to go for a walk. And like I always felt better afterwards. And that's like one of the best things you can do for depression is to like get outside. But like he just has really good instincts. And like he was really very, very committed to like our relationship and to me. So, yeah. We should have definitely done counseling way back then. We should have. <laughs> but, but you know, it all happens for a reason. Yeah. It's all that matters. Mm. What did you say in a piece? Oh, I said well, you weren't doing um, counseling at that time. Oh, no. No. Uh-uh. no, we talked about it all the time, but we never could find like a way or a time to do it. And like even now for counseling now, even though I found the person, it, he like Matt initiated it, like he started to go and then was like, I want to do couples counseling. Like, will you go with me? And I was just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, OK, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it, it was like, great. I don't know why I drug my feet up about it but 
I don't know. Maybe I was like nervous to do it because it's hard. Like, you know, you don't know how much you haven't talked about. And then, you know, I know what it's like to go to counseling by myself and you like talk about things that you don't really normally talk about. So I'm like, I hope this ends well. Like, I hope he doesn't go in there and tell me how much he hates me or something. Like, I was just so nervous. I don't know. You need to come in tomorrow. Yeah. You're terrible. Like, all these years I've been holding this in. I'm so unhappy. Yeah, but it turned out great. It was just irrational thinking. How did you you guys pick um, your therapist? Because I was reading that whether you get better or not really does depend on who your therapist is and how they work with you. So how did you guys decide who was the correct fit for you? Um, well, I found like one of my coworkers gave me his name. He's a licensed clinical social worker. So I'm always like, you know, I'm a little biased. (laughs) CSWs are the best because we see the person in the environment and like, that's what I'm going for is my LCSW. Um, And you usually have to have a master's in social work. And sometimes people also have a bachelor's in social work. So that person is going to, you know, the type of therapy you're going to get is going to be like you and your environment. It's going to be like a holistic approach rather than like if you go to a licensed mental health counselor who they usually do holistic too, but it's, it's just a little different. Like we look at resources, we look at like, we look at everything. So I kind of already felt like it was good. And then it was a male. So for Matt, I felt like that might've been a good fit, but I think when we like for me personally, I knew was that he spoke the same language as like us, like he um, and he was very open minded. He's very like he's very good at like validating your feelings because sometimes therapists will forget to validate you and like nothing you say is wrong. And so you should always be validated for how you feel because that's your experience. So just the things like the way that he would talk to us and then then the advice that he would give, like um, I felt like it, it aligned with the life, like our, our outlook on life and the way that we choose to like live our lives. So Sometimes you can get ones, you know, like that are really religious or um, very much stuck in like psychoeducation or like very, which is just like, you know, they're always just teaching you about your diagnosis and they don't really get away from your diagnosis kind of thing. And I don't really care for that either because I'm not really big on labels, but um, that was how I knew. Earlier, you were saying that he spoke the same language as you guys. Like, what do you mean by that? Like... I feel like he understands like our liberalness about like he's very, yeah. And so, or in, I don't know how to put it. Like he knows like how we want to raise our kids. Like he, he understands it. And, you know, sometimes people can be more like authoritative. Like I just feel like his lifestyle and the way that he views life is very similar to ours, like spiritually, like he can, he can go down that path in the way that we talk about spirituality. Like he's very open-minded to the things that we bring to him and is knowledgeable in those areas where some counselors, they might, or therapists might not be able to meet you where you are or the needs that you have specifically for like, maybe your religion or your um, like the way that you want to parent or the, if you're a part of the LGBTQ community and you go to see a therapist and they're not open to that, you know, like you want to make sure you find somebody that kind of has that same background or alignedness with you. 
even though they're not really supposed to bring their opinions at all to the to therapy it were human so it happens you know yeah so so you can tell basically by how they respond to what yeah. you're saying okay you'll know when you have a bad therapist like when you go in for your first meeting with a therapist and they it's typically like they'll go over like all their consents and stuff but then they'll do like uh, a biopsychosocial where they're asking you like what brought you in they ask you about your childhood about your family about these things and when you're sharing like things that bother you or that you're wanting to work on, like you'll know based on like how they validate you, like how um, questions, follow up questions that they ask you. Um, Like if you're, if it's something very specific to your culture or religion or to your outlook on like how women or men should be or something like that, like you'll know Facial, I mean, facial expressions you can see or you can know, like, you can just tell by their response to you. And if it makes you feel uncomfortable or invalidated in any way, they're probably not the one for you. And I would recommend you tell them, like, I feel very, very invalidated by you right now, you know, because sometimes they may not realize it, you know, but to check them like you're it's a relationship here. Like this goes both ways, you know, so but you'll know when you don't click with a therapist like you could tell. And usually by the third session, if you don't feel like you're getting what you should get out of it, then you could you should probably look for somebody else. Would you, well, since the pandemic thing is happening now, would you think it's better to do in-person or virtual sessions? What do you guys do now? Do you do in-person or virtual? We do virtual. It yeah. started in-person okay. though. Yeah, it did. And it switched Before. to virtual because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I th- I think either is fine. I think like clinically speaking, if you're if you have more severe symptoms, um, then probably in person is better. Or if you're like, um, you know, like dealing with severe depression or suicide, suicidality, however you say that word, you should probably do in person just because you get more connection that way. Like mm-hmm. having the person to person connection is a little better. Um, but if you just have like you just need to somebody to talk to or you don't feel like the things that you're going through are that serious, like um virtual is great like i think it's i mean we do it the same way kind of like we're doing now you meet it's not skype but it's it's like similar to skype so i preferred in person um because i I don't think i could have been as open like meeting him for the first time and tell him like my whole life story i don't think i could have done it as openly and honestly online Mm. so it was nice being in his Kind of how Rebecca was saying, like, you know, when you know, like you walk into his office and there's a a couch and a bunch of spiritual stuff like Buddhism and elephants and those bowls that you play with a little stick. It just felt Zen and it smelled good, Um, had tissues on the table. So, I mean, I mean, I was crying the first (laughs) session. So if it was online, (laughs) (laughs) I probably wouldn't have been brought to tears like if it was online the first time, because. I would have been missing out on all that, that sensory stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You'll get to know like the type of therapist or like counselor that you have by like their office, you know, and everybody has like a different style and different like um, background and teachings that they 
like that they use and different outlook. Like some people are very like stuck, like psychologists and things like that can be more technical and stuck to like your diagnosis where others are more like spiritual and open and some down the middle. So, you know, like it just really depends on the person that you get, but you'll feel it. Like you'll, you'll kind of know, like if you feel uncomfortable in any way, like you'll know, okay, this isn't the person for me. And it's okay to say that to them. And if they're a really good therapist, they'll help you find another one that fits what you need better because that's what they should do for help, um, for like, to continue on like that, that would be a true, like truly good clinician is somebody that will help you find somebody that fits you better. And they're open to it. Like clinicians should know, like not every client is for every clinician and they they'll be okay with you telling them like you make me, I feel uncomfortable and or I don't feel like we're a good fit. And they'd be like, Oh, that's fine. I totally get it and help you to move on. So. That's true. Cause vulnerability, well, no, I cannot talk today. It's fine. We never can. Vulnerability is a really difficult thing to do, but yeah, it makes sense. Yes. And they should make you feel comfortable at all times. Like you yeah. should not. Cause like Matt said, he had a bad experience and that was not cool. Like you, this is somewhere you're going to tell that somebody that's supposed to help you like out of all people in the world, like that should help you. It should be this person that you're going to, to literally pay them to do that. And they go to school for that. And then they're like invalidating your feelings, making you feel uncomfortable, making you feel like something's wrong with you. Like that's not a good look at all. Whether that was their intention or not, it happened. So, mm-hmm. how do you think it's different from having like a really good friend to talk to? How's therapy different from that? Um, I think because it's a it's a trained professional, so it's like the difference between me giving Rebecca a massage and then her going to a, a professional who knows like the muscles and like the way the muscles the pressure run, points. the pressure points and stuff like that. Like the therapists, like that's that's what they do. So the friend, I think, is a good start because uh, it's important to have someone to talk to and share things with. But I don't I don't think you should go to your friend for therapy. That's also a lot of pressure on the friend, too, I feel like, because yeah. everyone's situation's different. So they'll try their best. Like, I don't know why, but I feel like I'm the person a lot of people like to talk to, which is fine. I don't mind hearing your problems, <laughs> but this no, but like at the same time, I either can't relate or like, I don't want to worry about your problems and my problems at the same time. So I don't mind being a helping hand, but there is a certain point where I'd be like, okay, I think you need to, you know, talk to a professional because I can't be stressing myself, worrying about your problems. And then also my they're looking for exactly that too because i could tell you one thing and it'd be terrible advice of what you really need so right right and we all have our like you know we all have our programming from childhood so let's say you're talking to them about a relationship and your your partner does something like if i've had a bad experience in my past with partners i'm gonna be like oh no you need to drop exactly. them yep. like they need you know what i mean like i'm gonna give you from my perspective and my programming or my like experiences and like mm-hmm. like um simone was saying it might not always be the best for your situation right so or they may tell you like you may be telling them about your partner who has like major red flags and you're telling somebody and they're like oh that's fine girl you know like that's not a problem like yeah yeah, and, yeah. and it's like oh no yeah like and they're like totally <laughs> being abusive and you're like oh well my friend said it's fine like, so no, <laughs> right. you need to call yeah. somebody 
preferably yeah so you just don't know oh, god yeah yeah oh my gosh simone really took the leap there. i'm sorry <laughs> that, you know, that actually will tie into our last question if you guys have any advice for not only our listeners but me and nafis when it comes to relationships because like i said you know i'm not the best at opening up to new people especially if mm. I want to date you especially never being in a relationship before or dating around so there's just like a lot of fears that come in my head like oh will this person not want to date me because I've never been in a relationship before into an experience or just there's a lot of things or oh I'm not going to be able to really open up because I'm not used to this making sure it's a healthy relationship I don't know there's just a lot of things nafis do you have any like questions no, or I think concerns I have the same, fears the same as you. ones okay <laughs> or just like yeah i'm also even just bad i'm just very turned off by relationships right now but well it's also because i had another question it was like do you think the pandemic like made it harder just to meet new people because i'm terrified of online dating i'm already bad at flirting with people in real life if i don't know you i can't flirt like <laughs> through text or call or anything like that so <laughs> And I also don't know when someone's flirting with me because I think everyone's just trying to be my friend. So <laughs> I'd just be like, oh, he was just very nice. And they'll be like, no, Simone, they're flirting with you. I'm like, really? You think so? So, yeah. <laughs> a, lot of pro- a lot of problems. Yeah. I think if first you have to figure out what type of relationship you want. Like, do you do you really want someone to share experiences with? Um, are you looking for like companionship, just a friend to talk to, like to have a good time with? That's good advice. Um, because I think if, if you go into something looking for a long term relationship and like you think somebody's cute, you might try to make that person fit into that long term relationship box where the other person might be looking for something completely different. And then so that that communication of what each of you wants is important. But knowing what what yourself wants, like I think deciphering between am I lonely? Do I just want a friend or okay, am I ready to actually have a relationship with somebody? Mm-hmm. Um, not just think they're cute and like go on dates, but like they they come home four nights a week and have a bad day. And am I still gonna be able to um enjoy them, like see the good side of them, support them, be enough for myself? Like it's a lot more that goes into it mm-hmm. that I think um, we don't think about beforehand. And it's it's very surprising, like when you get to those points, because there there are great times, but there's also dark times and you have to know how to navigate those. And so I would just say, no, like figure out what you want. I think the feast that you said, like, you know, you're not ready right now. I think you said that earlier. Um, like, that's great because that's something like that's a solid thing that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Simone, like, it sounds like you, you know yourself, like you don't know whether people are flirting or being nice. Like those, those are things that will help you. Yeah. That's also yeah, like a, the past too, because I just, I have a tendency to try to get to know people, but I wait too long. So like, if I did have crushes when I was younger, they'd always end up being my friend. So when I actually did start becoming crushed on them, they just saw me as a friend or like a little sister. And I was like, no, that wasn't my attention. So yes, that was me too. <laughs> yeah, that always also that was me too growing up. a lot. So 
But I will say, though, that that is not a bad thing to be somebody's friend first. Like I would I was always the same way. Like if I like somebody, I would be kind of like awkward, but I would be like, well, let's be friends first and like get to know them on a friendship yeah. level. And like and I was always that girl that was like friend zone, but I liked it because then I got to know genuinely like who they are and see them in relationships and stuff like that. And like get to know, like, is that something that I still like about them, too? And like Matt was saying about like relationships, like it's like once you get past that lust or infatuation phase into that comfortable phase, like love is rough, bro. Like it's it's great when it's great, but it's hard because they're I mean, we're all human and like we're two people trying to come together to make one life. And like there's things that he likes to do that I'm like, I don't want to do that. But, you know, you'll have to compromise or um, like if I'm in a bad mood, like I'm not always the nicest person. So like, are you still going to like me at my worst or do I always have to like pretend to be somebody that's so great? Like so it it's hard and it takes true commitment to be like long-term with somebody. And so I feel like movies and society make it look so fun and exciting, but there's a time where like you get into the monotony of it. Like you get up, go to work, come home, make dinner. Like, and is that somebody that you still are going to be happy to see every day, you know? So all right. But Matt gives great advice, like know yourself first and your wants and your needs and your likes and your dislikes, and then just put it out there into the universe. And if it happens, it happens, but don't make it force it happening. Cause if you end up with a lemon, that's a long life to be with a lemon. <laughs> very true, very true. I mean, I know I'm like Nafis. I know I'm not ready for one right now and I don't want one right now because I think I've expressed this before. Like I would like to move sometime in my before I'm 30 just out of this state so I don't want to get in a relationship and feel like I'm stuck here like that is one of my goals yeah. so and even if I did end up in a relationship it's like I I would choose living somewhere else first just because that was something I've always wanted so I don't know if that sounds selfish or not no not no it's not selfish at all Simone you take that out of your mind you what you want and going after what you want is nowhere near being selfish that is being true to who you are and being authentic to who you are and that is the the highest form of self-love you can possibly get and somebody will be attracted to that self-love and that authenticity and if they're the right person and you do fall in love before you move they'll be willing to go with you and have no problem with it mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. don't don't settle yeah don't settle That's my worst fear settling and anything not even just relationships yeah yeah and, just, and just relationships do can look so different now i mean like there's people that are getting married but still live in two different households or they're getting married and live in two different states like if you love somebody and that's your person like you'll figure it out or you could do common that's law true. and not even get married i mean yeah it's whatever you want it's whatever you it's want new, new day and age it is a new day and age in the face did you have any more questions i think we pretty much went over everything yeah i think we covered everything <laughs> i mean thank you guys for doing this with us because we plan to do this yeah. but like as you can see two very inexperienced people talking about relationships <laughs> <laughs> gone well. so it's nice to like get it from a couple also get advice for ourselves and people that are listening because i'm sure we have a lot of listeners around me and nafisa's age so hopefully it helps them too i'm sure it will though 
because like you guys said society and like just movies just make it seem so glamorous when it's really not and we all they also just don't talk about like i would really like to see a movie one day where it just focuses on friendships because i feel like there are some but like it doesn't really show the true dynamics of friendships or we just don't think about friendships because like what matt was saying like you never know if you're lonely and you want like an actual partner or you're just lonely because you want friends because i feel like friendships especially like when you're not friends with someone you're really close to sometimes can hurt just as much or even worse than like partner relationships. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. This was really fun. Thanks oh, for having oh, us. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah, this. Thanks for coming Yeah, back. thanks for coming for back. Sure. Anytime. Also, you're always welcome to come back if you want to talk about just anything, if you want to give more advice. I don't know if I told Nephesis, but I would really like one day if me, her, Rebecca, maybe even Michaela, like every now and then sometimes just do like a random girl chat. I feel like that'd be fun. Yeah, that would be fun. So we'll have to make plans for that in the future. But does anyone else want to give any closing thoughts? I don't want to keep everyone here for too long. <laughs> I don't know what everyone's daily plan is. I hope is. our children yeah, haven't like Lord of the Flies. <laughs> no, there. The door, like that. I don't know if it's a meme or it's from a movie where the guy comes in and like everything's on fire and every, all the employees are just like running around. <laughs> Yeah. 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 That's why I feel like it's out there. They're very quiet though. So I'm like, I don't know if that's good or even worse. Like than if they were super loud. (laughs) My last tidbit would probably be to, um, if you're thinking about relationships, you should start with yourself and start with loving yourself. Cause a lot of those, like two of my favorite sayings, you love thy neighbor as you love yourself. It's not like love your neighbor more than you love yourself. And then do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So it's like you and other people should be equal. Mm-hmm. Um, so take care of yourself and love yourself. And you could even start therapy now before you get in the relationship. Yeah. yeah. That's something I keep talking about. I really need to look into it. I'm, I keep procrastinating. So I'm sure I have the same fears Rebecca did before she went. So... That's also another thing. How do you just get over the fear? You just you just got to do it. You just got to jump just in. Just make, make the appointment. Yeah. I yeah. was terrified. That's right. Make the appointment. That's probably the hardest part. And then show up yeah. for the first appointment. <laughs> my thing, I'd be like, I'd make that appointment and be like, mm, do I really want to go today? My head is itching a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> like, huh, it's right there. All I have to do is turn it off and walk inside. Or you can yeah. back up. And, and there's just no obligation back. to continue. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's true, too. Like, you, if you don't have a good experience, you can even in the middle of the session be like, hmm. And, and be honest. Say, like, I'm really nervous to be here. Like, I'm having some, like, anxiety, you know, because you might not have to get into everything in the first session. Or you might only, they might only say, okay, well, tell me what you feel comfortable with talking about. Like, their job is to help you through that. And they're skilled and trained to do that. So. Just be genuinely like authentic of like how you're feeling in that moment. Like it's not you don't it's not something like you have to like, you know, pull back all your layers and be like, here I am, you know, kind of thing. So that's understandable. But you guys can do it. I have faith. (laughs) Thank you. Did it get expensive for you guys? We we have health insurance. So it's to give you a price. Um. I think it was $20 for me when I was by myself. I think it's 35. It was 35 for me? Mm-hmm. For both of us. Yeah, by ourselves. It's like uh, the co- it's the specialist copay. Mm-hmm. But I mean, when I when I went by myself, I think it was lower. I think it was like 25. Oh, maybe. But we go together and it's 35 per session. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but that's with Florida healthcare insurance. Yeah. So like if you have health insurance, look through like you can either call the number on the back of your card or you can go online or whatever and look for um, people that accept that. Because like Nafis, you have Florida healthcare, right? Through those schools. Yeah. So they have Florida healthcare is amazing in the sense that they have like a ton of people that are only dedicated to Florida healthcare. And they are seeing people, I think. I guess depending on the client, like the the clinician, if they're seeing people in person, but they're definitely seeing them online because they have it approved right now to do online therapy. And I would recommend an, an LCSW, but that's just my bias. What is that? Is it's a licensed clinical social worker. Will it usually tell you? And yeah, you'll see it after their name. Like so, you'll like if you go online or something, or if you call your the the 1-800 number mm-hmm. you can either ask can you tell me all the lcsws in my area or if you go online you'll see like their name and then it'll say like comma lcsw but you know that's just my my bias because i think <laughs> that we do such a great job of like making we am like empowering our clients but also making you feel super comfortable like there's no there's no like forcing and and they're going to meet you right where you are. So if you're like, I'm really nervous, I don't really know anything about this. Like they'll take the time to like go slow with you and like make you feel comfortable typically. So. Gotcha. All right. Well, yeah, that was a good talk, guys. Learned a lot. <laughs> that was. Couple, relationship, was. friendship, family and therapy. Most importantly, Love yourself, everybody. Love yourself. Anything else you wanted to say, your accent fees? No, I'm good. good. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening to this special Valentine's episode today. You can find us everywhere that you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe to subscribe. I cannot talk to the podcast. (laughs) And... Give us, you know, five stars on Apple Podcasts or anywhere. I don't know if there's a ranking on anywhere else besides Apple, but you can give us some stars there and some comments. You know, we're still waiting on those emails. Any comments, let us know how we're doing. Ask us some questions. It can be sent through our social medias at I Was Thinking Pod on Instagram and Twitter or at the email I Was Thinking Pod at gmail.com. All right, thank you. And we'll see you guys next time. Everyone say bye. 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 Thank y'all.